Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Kyle Fincham. I appreciate you being here, listening in however form you're doing it. Um, I have a great conversation that I had recently with my friend Anthony Agtrap to share with you. Uh, before I get to it, just a couple quick things. Um, first, if you're enjoying the podcast, please do me a favor, give us a little rating or review um, wherever you're listening. Uh, throw some stars down. Um, also, feel free to follow me at, at Kyle Grit on Instagram and follow Movement Brooklyn at Movement Brooklyn. Um, if you're uh, picking up what I'm putting down, you can always join Movement Brooklyn online uh, where I teach classes and put up some videos on some ideas, concepts, and movements, uh, little tutorials. Um, you can sign up there by going to movementbrooklyn.com or members.movementbrooklyn.com. Um, if you're in the Boulder area or traveling through the Boulder area, I teach every Thursday at 1030 at block 1750. Um, it is a, a awesome community of, of all types of uh, movers ranging from dancers to generalists to everything under the sun. I think it's a pretty amazing little spot. Um, I had Alex Maluski on the podcast uh, a few episodes back, and, and he is the founder of, of Block 1750, so um, it's been cool to get to be a part of that. So if you're interested in coming and taking my class there, uh, you can go to block1750.com, and you should be able to sign up right through the website. Also, if you're in the Boulder area, and uh, again, if you're picking up what I'm putting down, we do uh, some occasional jams out in the park, and you can always shoot me a direct message to uh, get some more info on how to jump in on, on those fun and weird activities. I think that's what I got. So, let's get to this. Super cool to... Um, get to reconnect with my friend Anthony. We couldn't figure out how long it's been since we last saw each other, but it's probably been about two or three years, but I know about six years ago, I went and took a, a workshop um, at his space, Engineered Bodies, which is in Port Moody, which is part of Vancouver, outside of Vancouver, in the Vancouver area. Um, and that's where we first met. And I remember thinking then that this person um, had a lot of interests and, and, and his mind was moving in a lot of different directions. You know, he had a, a gym that was a CrossFit affiliate and he was hosting a lot of different uh, workshops and, and bringing a lot of different types of thinkers in. And, and yeah, I think he, he has just so many different interests and, and has navigated ways into integrating all those things and how he teaches and how he practices. Um, as I said, he is the, the owner of his school up in uh, Port Moody called Engineered Bodies. Um, he's also the head coach of the Engineered Bodies Weightlifting Club and um, the Long-Term Athlete Development Program. He has 15 years of coaching and teaching experience in Aikido, strength and conditioning, and physical education. Um, 
super diverse and eclectic background and we get into a lot of this and and a lot of his insights and values and i don't know such a great conversation i uh you know have considered finding a a way up to to the can the vancouver area for for a little bit here and and getting to talk to him made me think uh you know maybe we should head that direction so let's not waste any time let's get to it um, here's my conversation with Anthony Agtarap. I talked to Rod last week. Yeah. <laughs> and he mentioned you as like kind of like a mentor. Yeah. And I was just like, you know, remi- being reminded of some of our conversations and also when we came out to visit that you were somebody who was like, I don't know, just so curious about a lot of yeah. different things. Yeah. And and I don't know, I dig that. And, and even more so now, I dig it after kind of being like in a certain methodology and being like, yeah. okay, like I, I would like a little bit of my curiosity back. Yeah, um, exactly. Because I, me- I remember being there and you being like, oh yeah, like, you know, we had workshops with GMB and, yeah. and all these other things, you know, and I, and, and, oh, and I teach CrossFit, but it's like kind of like my way of like yeah. approaching the thing. That's right. Yeah, exactly. So it's like a whole, because like, I feel like all the things that we learn as, as um, you know, coaches and teachers in this industry, they're all just like tools, right? They're all just different ways that we can express movement and whatnot. And then if we have the ability to assess what is the most appropriate tool out of that toolbox to apply to our clients or our own practice, like depending on where we're at in our, you know, lives, then I think that's, that's important to be able to have the options to to do that right so mm-hmm. that's why i've like i've always been curious about um like exploring different movements right mm-hmm. and um and diving into it and then uh, you know like tr- trying to apply different principles to things and then they go okay well that totally didn't work and then and then you get a chance to like tweak it and then go hey that that actually produced something that's pretty cool right on and then you kind of like you know what i mean so you're never stuck in one thing like um I think that's really important for, for coaches to be able to continue to uh, foster that curiosity in themselves and, and, and learn from others and, and then apply it in the, their own practice. And then that's, that's the kind of where you really learn it. Like you're kind of like, Hey, that was a cool sort of concept I learned from this coach and teacher over here. I'm going to put this in here and mix it and see if that did anything. And Hey, that, that did right on. Cool. And then now you go off and you do something else and do you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Have you, have you always been somebody who's like a bit of like a tinkerer? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. So my background is uh, mechanical engineering. Hey, eh? like I did that in school. Mm-hmm. That was like my, uh, like my degree. And then I uh, was in the industry for 12 years, like actually working as a mechanical engineer and, and, and as a, um, so I started in mechanical and then I started to uh, move towards what they call systems engineering, mm-hmm. which is uh, now you have the understanding and, of the electrical components, like mechanical, even the software and the hell, how they all blend together, right? Into to doing this, like to, to, you know, to make a truck or a bus work or something like this, right? So there are mm-hmm. all those um, interactions between all the different systems, right? So mm-hmm. then while I was doing that, I obviously had a passion for strength and conditioning and, and movement and just kind of like self-development and growth. So I started getting uh, instruction and mentors from, um, you know, some therapists in, in the system called functional movement systems, like, so the FMS, right? Mm-hmm. And then I started learning like from 
other SNC coaches and just kind of, you know, I was just like applying it all towards the system that is our body. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's kind of how I've always approached it. So, and as a kid, I would also, you know, tinker with the bikes and like add something to my bike and take something off it. And, you know, it's kind of just yeah. doing that. And so I thought it was, because I think that's what we do as, um, as like people, it's just like, you know, like, you know, Lego, right? Mm-hmm. So Lego comes in this box and it's like this ship. Okay. So you make the ship. Cool. Now the fun part though, is like when you like take the other parts from the other sh- stuff that you've done and make your own ship and it's still Lego, yeah. but you're creating this like new thing based off of just like some other ideas that you came up with in, in the past. And it's, I don't know. It's kind of an interesting way to look at it. <laughs> yeah. I think sometimes like, you know, we, we fall into these places where we like almost like give up that, that, curiosity and that like willingness to tinker and just be like bestow a lot of trust into like somebody who knows a little bit more mm-hmm. when I realize more and more now that like the great teachers and the people I've crossed paths with who have like influenced me the most mm. don't necessarily teach me things by putting it on a platter mm-hmm. but almost by like facilitating opportunities to learn that's right and and I, it sounds like you know you come from that school of thought as well yeah for sure like there's definitely a a process where when you first learn, let's say weightlifting, for example, there, there is like for sure things that you have to follow in or in order for it to, you know, be a snatch and be a clean and jerk. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, once you've kind of got to that point where now you're doing that thing um, as a teacher, now you can kind of come up with different ways to teach your student how to, how to make it look like a snatch. You know, it's kind of like when you first learn handstand, there's a process, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then once you learn that process, now you can kind of like tinker with the way that you teach that process to others, or you might even like, just try to see if you can like bypass a whole section of that process that you learned to see if that there's a way that you can kind of achieve it in like less steps, for example, or, or maybe it's not as, um, you know, like constrained as you were taught by one set of teacher or one group of teaching, you could have like, you know, cause there's other people, there's other ways to get to a handstand. Right. So like mm-hmm. there's many ways, uh, but they all kind of have specific points that, that that's very common in the way they teach. Right. But like mm-hmm. some, some might teach, uh, some might emphasize like this, that you must do this before mm-hmm. you move on to this. And some are like, Oh, just so long as you have this, you can not be so serious about it, but then, you know, move on to this part. So there's like a, there's like kind of like, you know, variances in that for sure and then i think that's where the, the playing can come into play right yeah yeah what where i mean i'm curious because i mean you've been mm. you've been teaching a long time and you own a facility and you've mm-hmm. and you've also gotten to just like stay out there learning from so many different places mm-hmm, mm-hmm. how like if you kind of look at like your teaching today versus how your teaching looked like on day one yeah. like what are what are some of like the, the the standout differences if if there if it's something you ever reflect on oh i do i do like when i first opened this place uh because i originally opened it as a crossfit place mm-hmm. uh simply because like that was a marketing decision to call it you know crossfit port moody the company always was called engineered body strength and conditioning but we would do crossfit uh, under the affiliate name crossfit port moody right so in mm-hmm. google we'd put it as you know we're crossfit port moody and it was like full-on marketing and then um, when people would come, um, you know, I was very, um, you know, uh, 
like, like, I guess strict on like specific forms. I was like, Oh, okay. We're going to be the best in technique. And I was like, super like, ah, you got to follow this and like all this stuff. And then over the times I started to realize like, okay, that, that wasn't, that worked for some people, but that didn't like work for many. Right. Cause I was just, I was found myself, maybe I was just too rigid. Right. Cause I'm also uh, come from a martial arts background too. Like I did Aikido for like, you know, 20 years kind of thing. Right. So it's very like, man, what an interesting combination. Like, martial like art, yeah. Martial yeah. arts and engineering combined. Yeah. 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 And with engineering, it's like, there's no really room, right? Like it's just, this is the formula you put it in. This is, it's going to be this. There's no gray. It's just, that's it. Right. So I found that in my teaching, uh, especially teaching um, Aikido, like I, I wasn't, I was, I felt that I was uh, not really able to deviate from how I taught this particular art or something like that. So then I kind of took that same approach to teaching like a deadlift or a squat or whatever um, other movements in the CrossFit sort of world. Um, I found that as the years went on, um, uh, allowing my curiosity to, to uh, you know, manifest itself a little bit more and then uh, apply that curiosity to, to how I approach teaching a, even like a deadlift that, that has those similar points that, you know, I'm still hitting, but the way that I'm doing it, it's a little, it's a little bit more fluid, you know, it's a little bit more um, based off of the, the people in front of me. So I'm now, rather than now, then I was just teaching this curriculum. This is what it is you know, take it or leave it. <laughs> um, it was like, now it's more like, okay, this is the thing that we want to get to uh, who's in front of me. And this is how we're going to, you know, how we get there is going to be slightly different now, depending on the, where they are in their journey. Cause everyone comes with their own sort of experiences and expectations. And um, so in terms of, you know, then and now it's, I'm a little, I'm, I'm sort of more um, relaxed in that approach, I guess, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. where, you know, and a lot of it comes from who we learn from, right? Like, so when we first learn from, like when I first learned handstands kind of thing, like I remember really my first real actual teaching of handstands was like when we hosted Movement X here, like I kind of threw myself into the wall and did some stuff and no real process. And I was like, okay, that, that's not working. Mm -hmm. So then when I started learning um, some of the process that, uh, you know, from, the, from Odelia and stuff, like when they first teach it, and it's like, okay, you got to go, you know, one minute on, one minute off of body line and this. And so that was like, very okay, that's what these guys are obviously good at it. This is what I'm going to do. Right. And then, mm -hmm. and then I achieved like, I achieved results. It was great. Cool. And then sometimes that didn't work for other people. Like it was just too red, like it's too strict. Right. So um, I learned from guys like Ryan Hurst or people like that. They're a little bit more, um, you know, there's, there's like, again, certain points that you have to hit, but the way that you approach it is more of a, sort of a play like it's from a, a play window mm -hmm. um and i find that that works a lot more for for most people because you know at the end of the day what we're doing in here is and what we're teaching our students is where we're kind of organizing play this is i just had this conversation today i was just saying the same thing you know that's what we're doing we're just like it's like play time in a way that we're going to get some like results of some sort and those results are, are typically like you know increasing some certain fitness characteristics like strength or endurance or or something right but it's in a way that we're we're kind of playing right at the same time so um understanding that and coming from that lens it's it, it becomes a little less so strict you know it's a little bit more like okay hey if we're if we want to foster this idea of continuous development and growth and play we can't be so like as coaches be so like this is what it is because if you get out of that then what, what do you 
you're no longer, you're never really playing. You're just kind of like following a, like a checklist of structure and then it, that's it. Right. Right. And you're trying to like, and you're trying to like defeat something constantly. And it also kind of welcomes this, like, I don't know, this is just my theory. It almost like welcomes like a culture of like judgment. You know what I mean? Like there was mm-hmm. a win, like one or I lost, I was good. I was bad. Yeah. When, as you say, when you keep it, like, even if you're playing seriously, yeah, it's kind of like the welcoming of non-judgment and risk-taking. And yeah, when I totally. say risk-taking, I don't mean like dangerous. I mean, risk-taking yeah. in terms of like welcoming failure. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, Cause that's, that's one of the things, uh, like my daughter, she, the, both of them, they went to a Montessori school and, and on the wall, they have um, uh, mistakes are our friends. And, and that's like an awesome lesson to, to, to learn as a youth, because like, Hey, like, you know, like, uh, you know, I played basketball growing up in college and, and even through college, like um, I would, I would play games with myself where I would um, have to hit X amount of shots in a row. And it had to sound the same before I was able to go inside. And, um, and it was just these kind of like these games that we would play. And so it's still play, but it's like, it's serious in a sense that I'm trying to develop um, resilience and like kind of focus and all these types of things is because if I missed, then I wasn't allowed to finish. Like I had to keep playing. Um, but it was like, if I miss, it was an opportunity for me to go, okay, how did I miss that? Okay. That was like slightly right. Okay. So I fix it. Boom. Then you hit it. So without ever missing, you, it kind of, it's boring. You kind of just like hit your 10 shots and you're like, okay, that's it. You know what I mean? I'm like, okay, well I did it. Yeah. But, um, there was you know, there wasn't really much of a learning thing that happened in that moment. Right. So then the next day I'd go back and I'd, I'd make it slightly harder. I'd have to go slightly further back or something like that, or make it, you know what I mean? So that you're always like challenging yourself in some way and right. inviting that mistake is I think, um, something as, as coaches and teachers, we need to, to sort of like say, Hey, that's okay. You missed your snatch there. So, but what did you do there? Like, were you, did you understand like why you missed it? That that's a huge, that's huge mm-hmm. versus then, Oh, you missed it. Okay. That was not good enough. Or, you know, like you, you keeping it technical and, and all this type of stuff, like it, it it's just it, at the end of the day, it's just a snatch. Right. But like, if you, learn something from that miss that's that's is something that's what that's the stuff that builds the resilience and uh, the qualities like the perseverance and stuff of like that so yeah, yeah I mean, I've, right. I've seen it in like weightlifting and i've seen it in movement and probably if i think about it then in crossfit as well but like yeah people have the tendency to like really beat themselves up yeah you know like real i mean i've seen tears shed <laughs> yeah over totally. like over like you know and and it's not it's not out of like passion. Oftentimes it's just out of like feeling like they just placed judgment. Like, like their, yeah. their ego was like, was, was defeated or something. Exactly. Yeah. As I've opposed to, exactly. Sorry. No, go ahead. No, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say like, um, as a weightlifting coach, I've seen that too. Like many athletes, you know, cry and stuff. And, and sometimes like, you know, put a lot of pressure on themselves, of course. Right. But I've seen it where people have, uh, said that they put so much pressure on themselves to not disappoint their teacher, like their coach. Mm. So that's also not super good too, because then that perhaps the energy that the coach is like putting out is, is, um, you know, sort of creating that sort of mindset in that, in that athlete. So like what we say as teachers and coaches is really important because, you know, at the end of the day, like we want to help people grow and develop and all this. And at the very, I don't think we want to um, create these like, situations where are people are they're um feeling bad for having a mistake or or 
being curious. Yeah. Like it's, that's, you know, I never do that with my daughter. You would never do that with your children. You'd be like, okay, don't question anything. Like, well, not that doesn't make some sense. Like you can never make a mistake. <laughs> yeah. Like you want to be, it's like, it's just a different way to look at it. Right. It's a different way to think about it. And so how, yeah. so like, because I, I totally agree with this because mm-hmm. um, there are words that I realize I kind of like have tried to change and manipulate and maybe not use just because I, I see like, even maybe it's like cultural context of like what it does and kind of like the pressures yeah. it puts on people yeah. and like hearing you use the word like curiosity and hearing you use the word play. Mm-hmm. Like what are some of like, if they come to mind quickly, like some of the things that like, or the language you use or have chosen to use that's very deliberate about kind of like creating that, that, that welcoming mm-hmm. in, in like your space and when you're teaching. Yeah. Um, it, it, yeah. So play and those types of things like come to mind. Um, I'm just thinking of in the context of like a consult when a brand new person comes through and they're doing the consult, they're like, Hey, I'm, I'm interested in, you know, getting stronger and whatever these things. Um, how do you do that kind of thing? Right. Well, so mm-hmm. then we, we discuss, or I discuss with them, um, you know, basically from where they're at, like what, what is their goals? Like what are, what are their injury medical history kind of stuff, like all those kind of intake stuff. And then, um, you kind of get into the, the, the reasons as to why they want to get stronger. Mm-hmm. Right. And then basically at the end of it, like we're, what we're trying to do here. And I think we, we want to do this as coaches and teachers is, is to um, help the client understand or the student understand like what it is. Why is it that they're doing this thing? Like, why are they embarking on this journey? Is it to get a muscle up? Because I, I'll tell them okay, you're going to get it, but then like um, you're going to want to likely do two of them or something, or you might want to go do another thing. Like it'll always, it'll always grow and develop. So it's like, um, we try to come down to, okay, what it is that, why, why are they starting this journey in the first place? What is the true why behind that? Cause then <laughs> once you're able to connect with that person as to the true why they're, they're wanting to do this, then um, as a teacher, then it's easier to help facilitate that curiosity and growth and development because it's going to look different to everybody. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Um, but that, that's kind of the, that's kind of the, the first sort of level of conversation that happens in that consult. Right. And then, it, and then it evolves and grows as the student evolves and grows as, and that relationship between coach and, and student evolves and grows as well. Right. So mm-hmm. when I assume like in those conversations, it makes me think of a, a chat I had recently with a, a new friend of mine, this guy, uh, Trevor Hash, who lives out here and mm. we get to meet up and jam a bit. I was just with him earlier today. And he was saying like, when he talks to new people, he'll ask them something like their goals. I'm t- he's going to listen to this and real and say like, yo, you, you said it totally wrong, but like, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to try to like piece it together. But he's, and I, I think it's really interesting because he was mm-hmm. like, I'll talk to new people and I'll ask them what their goals are. And then maybe they'll say something like a muscle up, whatever it is. Yeah. And then say, okay, well, 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 what do you expect to feel Mm. when that happens? Mm -hmm. And then he said to me, almost like, you know, because maybe once we decide what that feeling is, I might be able to say to them, like, you know, that's a great goal or something, but Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that feeling we might be able to get to without that. Yeah, exactly. You know, if, a the different... fe- if the feeling is all that matters, <laughs> yes. then like there are other ways to like get to that feeling. Exactly. That's, that's, a, that's a really good point because like there are, there's so many different ways. Like it could be for somebody, 
the feeling of first time hanging on the bar or having a shoulder that actually goes all the way up, that would be, that's a huge accomplishment, right? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that's a really good point. Yeah, I, I think sometimes people think that like they need to be at the top of the mountain yeah. and like that's all the thing, that's yeah. all that matters. And then they forget that like once they get to the top of the mountain, they still have to climb back down. Yes, exactly. And then there's another mountain. Yeah, exactly. That that's beyond the clouds, and and that's the thing. That's so one of our core values in our company is like commitment to um, continuing education and growth, right? Mm. And that's like and that's why all the people here, like coaches and whatnot, they they align with that core value. There's four core values that we align with, right? So and our and our clients also align with that too. And that's that's how you know that that community that you've built is 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 um, you know in alignment, right? Mm -hmm. So, and that, that continuous development and growth, like it's, it's trying to uh, capture that feeling with different things, right? Cause it could be anything like, and that's, that's why, um, I, I never wanted to pigeon myself into like pigeonhole myself into like one type of system. So even like FMS, I learned that like way long time ago. And then I started to learn some of the, you know, the loaded progressive stretching stuff from the corset course that, you know, we first met up with and stuff and, you know, all these concepts from gymnastics type mobility stuff. And then like these, these other concepts like FRC type things, like these are all like principles that have been around forever. They're just like packaged in a different way. Mm -hmm. And, and being able to achieve somebody's shoulder flexion. Um, if us as coaches have the ability to pick and choose between many different tools in our toolbox, now we can like help facilitate that improvement of shoulder flexion in, in a multitude of different ways. It's not just one kind of way. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that allows us as coaches, I think, to, to, to kind of play in that sense, right? So assess and play, okay, that's appropriate for this person. Okay, so, okay, well, that's not working anymore. So now we're gonna, I'm gonna work on this one. We're gonna try this approach. And then I think so long as we're able to defend our logic as teachers and coaches as to why we chose this particular thing versus this thing uh, for that client and our client understands, then there you go. They start to, they start to understand it too. Because one of my things is like, I want, I want our clients to um, be so uh, knowledgeable in these topics of their own health and fitness that they're able to start asking like kind of smarter questions to therapists. Let's say they go off and they go, I don't know, bugger up their, their, their shoulder or their hip. And then the therapist gives them something and then uh, they can ask the question is, oh, what, why do you think my glute isn't firing? What, what assessment did you, so these are clients. Okay. So what, what, uh, what, what assessment did you do? And so the conversations now you've given them the, um, the knowledge so that they can ask these questions, like, right. Rather than them just blindly following on, I'm going to do this exercise. Cause I know that it fixes this. So they're going to know the exact why, or if they go to see somebody else, they'd be like, Oh, Hey, I, th this helped me. Um, and then they, they might be telling that to their, their mom or something like that. And then their mom would be like, Oh, Hey, where did you learn? And so then they have knowledge on how to explain it and teach it. That's, that's, that's awesome. Because then now you've your, so your teaching has reached like more and they're not even in the industry. They're just like, just, you know, everyday people. I think that's super cool to be able to, to have that. If you're stuck on one way, then you might be limiting their development as well. Yeah. Right. It's like, um, you know, there's a few things that come to mind. First is like, you know, keeping people constantly learning yeah. instills this certain amount of like humility where it's like, there's always yeah. like, I'm never fully there. Yeah. Right. And then it also sounds like you, you know, it, you're, you're working towards that line and I feel like it's a hard place to like get to, but like, 
the way you're educating sounds a lot more of like, at least the attempt to like teach people to fish rather than just handing them fish. Yeah. Which is something that I've, I've struggled with where I'm like, Oh, like, I feel like sometimes it's tempting to hand people fish. Yeah. But then there's like a dependence that comes with that. That's right. And then like, obviously you're like, Oh, well you have a business and you're like, well, I want them to come and keep buying fish, but then, yeah. But then you're like, but things get tricky because like, I don't know, that's not how I exist. Like when I practice, like I'm not dependent, you know, like I want to be able to like, walk out into creeks and fish on my own. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I appreciate that there's like that, that there's, there's a value there of being like, yeah, I want people to like learn how to like walk out there with the rod yeah. and, and catch something on their own. That's right. Um, I'm curious, what are the other, cause you said there are four core values. Yeah. What are they? And how did you come to those? Mm. Yeah. So the first one's integrity. Right. And the second one is a commitment to quality. And then there's that third one that I explained. It's a commitment to continuing education and growth. Mm-hmm. And the final one is commitment to building a strong and equitable community. So those are the four core values. And then that started from day one, like even before I opened this place. So like engineered bodies, um, like I used to uh, do personal training when I first got the certification and I just do it around the rec centers in around the area here. And I just trained a few clients, but those are the four core values that I, went in with the business with and those are my core values those are that's who i am yeah mm-hmm. um so that took a while to kind of like come up with the ones that were truly like who i am so mm-hmm. it's really important that when um you know once we've established those core values that every program everything that we put out is following those they, they align with those core values right so um so yeah so i remember learning from a business mentor of mine, he, he, he said, what are your core values? And I was just like, I, I don't really know. So I like, you know, remember I came from engineering, like we don't talk about that. We just, <laughs> we just calculate, build stuff and go, right? That's like, there's no feelings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't have any feelings in this, just do it. All right, right, right. So, don't talk, you're a computer. Yeah, you just gotta deliver this truck. Okay, all right, I'll, I can do that. Um, but, um, but, but really digging deep and understanding like what were my core values, um, it, it took a bit, a bit of uh, work to, to really figure out what those things were. And, and one of the ways that he asked or, helped, or told us that would help, um, like the lesson that he told us that would help us would be like, like think, of, think of when, when people um, kind of like just irk you, you know? It's likely that they don't have that core value that you, <laughs> that you have, right? Like if somebody just like, says like oh that's good enough kind of thing and then that's their sort of mentality it's like it's kind of like well that's good enough kind of like "Eh, i don't know it doesn't really align with me because like i I want like there's a certain quality level that i'm like looking at right like i want to i want to achieve that quality right or if somebody's like yeah no i'm good i'm just i don't want to learn anymore i'm just that's it and to to me i'm kind of like well yeah but i kind of want to grow more you know i want to really try to find out what my my true like capability will be like by the time I'm dead, you know, kind of like you in every aspect, not just the physical, the mental, like, like true mastery of oneself. Like that's something that I dig, you know? So that's where that commitment of continuing education and growth comes into play. Right. So if somebody, so I kind of thought of like those people that were just kind of like didn't align with me in my, in my like, kind of growing up. And I was just like, Oh, that's, I think that's why. Cause like they didn't have that. So mm-hmm. I guess that's something that, like I like, and okay, I, that I really value. Uh, so then I, I wrote that down. And so that's kind of how it worked. And same thing, like with the integrity part, right? It was like, 
you know, if, um, you know, I say that I was going to do something and then I would do it and that, that's it. Like, so if I said I was going to like meet you at this place at this time, I'll do that. If, where I find like today, I mean, back in the day, we, we, we didn't have phones and cell phones. So, you, so you'd say, hey, I'm going to meet you at one o'clock. There was no issue. There was no uh, excuses of like not knowing how to get there. Like you'd like, we would take bus. You'd like learn how to get the bus and arrive at that time. And so um, nowadays, because of these phones, like people are kind of like, oh, I'm on my way. And dude hasn't even left yet. I know that. Like, <laughs> right. There's a lot more space for like excuses. Yeah. Right. Like, so like, I feel like that's kind of like, Hey man, well, we said we're going to do it at this time. I'm like, um, you didn't do that. So that, so, okay. I figured that that's like, that's the integrity component that is, um, that that's missing in that particular person. So that's why I put that as like her value. So, mm-hmm. um, again, these all align with, um, like who I am and, um, the, the kind of the products and services and, and programs we want to deliver here align with that the coaches as well like there's a kind of a 15 hour coaching intake that where we do the technical bits of course and then we also do these components of like identifying do they align with these core values mm. i mean that's, that's interesting that's, kind of how you, that's how you build it right and then um and then you go from there yeah i mean i feel like i felt it being at your space and yeah. it was really just like a short amount of time. Yeah. <laughs> but like, crazy, right? I don't know, just like, you know what it is? It's like, and not to say that you're the only CrossFit affiliate, even though like you didn't even have the CrossFit name on the gym, but it's not to say that you're the only one that was like hosting lots of different kinds of events. Yeah. But there are a lot of CrossFit gyms, I think that were like, oh, we do CrossFit seminars and that's kind of like the thing. And it kind of sticks yeah. to like the language and the things that we're doing. And and I remember getting there for uh, the course at workshop and you being like, oh yeah, we just had GMB here yeah, and, you know, all these different ideas and approaches. And I was like, oh, wow, that's like, yeah, that's awesome. Like that's like a lot of like welcoming of like new diverse and <clears throat> potentially challenging ideas to like what might yeah. be of like one approach or methodology. Yeah, totally. And then, you know, since, um, well, June, we disaffiliated from CrossFit too, right? So we were no longer like, a, you know, affiliated with that organization. What was um, the final decision on that? Or what well, was it was something like- that was like kind of, you know, um, it was going to happen. You know what I mean? Like we were going to do that eventually. Like I said, because engineered body strength condition was what it was always called. Yeah. Um, and then we weren't following really CrossFit sort of methodologies and, um, you know, you know, we use a thruster and a burpee, but you know, that's something that's everyone kind of does anyway. So it's not like they patent that. Right. Um, so it was a bunch of uh, community things that didn't seem to align right with like our core values. Um, and then, you know, that very last core value and talk about uh, commitment to building a strong and equitable community. Like, so back in June, when George Floyd was murdered there, there was a big kind of uprising and it just made perhaps maybe the pandemic and everyone was stuck inside for a while. And then that, that particular event uh, caused a lot of emotions to come out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that particular event, like when I, when I saw that that particular organization uh, was silent, silent about it, it was at that point I was kind of like, okay, that's the straw. Like they, they're not aligning because they, they're not building a community that's equitable, truly. So I can't be associated with that. So we pulled it. And then shortly after that, like literally a day after that, there's a number of um, 
like comments from the CEO at the time that went kind of viral. So, and then the industry became like, well, in that community became very aware of like their true um, sort of like mandate wasn't truly equitable, right? Mm -hmm. So then a number of other affiliates started to dropping, like they started to disaffiliate as well. So in the lower mainland, like in BC area, like we were the first. So which, which sparked a, like a conversation with a number of other owners of mine. They're like, well, what, do, what should we do? You know, those types of things. And I was like, well, just do what you feel is like right. But like for us, this is what we're going to do. And, and since then we started to create um, um, like different action items. So it wasn't just like we posted black square disaffiliate and that was it. No, we wanted to actually truly fulfill what that means to be, uh, to create an, an equitable and inclusive environment. So um, we, we started to, uh, we created a fund, which was like uh, through the Coquitlam Foundation. And it was like what we called our um, continuing, continuing education fund for BIPOC for who are pursuing social justice, um, like degrees in like law or social worker. So there's a fund there and that's like dedicated for that. And then we also uh, started to create some educational um, sort of like steps for our coaches. Right. Cause in there, in our facility, there's a lot of things that happen in any gyms where it's like kind of like what would be considered typically gym banter, like kind of like, you know, these types of things, right. Where, where a lot of the times they could be, if we didn't know this, if we didn't understand our own biases that we come with, um, it might be harmful to some group. So we want to be able to, within our space, be able to identify these energies. And, and even if it's not coming from a place of like, um, you know, intent to hurt somebody like if, but if it does make someone feel non-inclusive then then our, us as coaches need to be able to identify these things mm -hmm. so that's a whole other part of learning and um, growth and development that isn't typically talked about in this realm because all we're typically this like told to kind of really address is well you know mobility strength like all the kind of the fitness attributes but what about the person that is um you know, being marginalized perhaps, right? Or a person that might feel some like kind of, you know, microaggressions in some way. Well, hey, if they're in your space and you truly are about creating a community that's equitable, then you you need to be able to identify those situations because mm -hmm. they happen mm -hmm. as we all come with different biases, right? So, um, so that was something we just started actually. So, like, you know, since June, disaffiliated a bunch of action items that help to develop these processes. And then just, I think, what was that? End of March, no, end of February, we had our first sort of diversity and inclusion workshop with a third party, um, like company who does these things and helps like companies like, like smaller or big organizations to, to create a culture like that. Mm -hmm. And then we have another one um, two weeks from now. And so, you know what I mean? So that this part of that growth and development, and that's something that like, would have not have thought about having to do in even a year ago. It was like, yeah, we're inclusive, we're diverse, but like, are we really like, so I, it really made me think about like how, you know, assess like how we are as our, our community and like uh, my knowledge as coach and our knowledge as coaches, do we really know how to create that? When you <clears throat> like started kind of getting this education, mm -hmm. you know, were there moments where you, because as you said, you were like, oh, like I thought I was welcoming and I was inclusive yeah. and all these things. And and I just, I know from being there, you're extremely welcoming. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. But I'm curious, like what were some of maybe the eye opening moments you're like, Oh, like maybe that was off my radar. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's like incidences that might have, um, like, like I said, again, it might be considered gym banter, but like, it might be like, it might've been like sexist or something like that. And then the person came up to us later and said, okay, this is what happened in space, you know? And, uh, and, and if our coaches weren't able to identify that, that's, that's kind of a flag for me. It's like, okay, well, to me, that's, that's something that I could totally see be like, could be offensive to that person. Um, we need to address that as a, as a company to make sure that our coaches, um, you know, first of all, identify that there's a problem, right. And then maybe they're, lacking the skills and the knowledge to be able to identify that and then then provide them with the learning opportunity to be able to like grow um you know, there's another bunch of other incidences over time and if i think back to even like the first few years like you know there's there's many that kind of came up but um, it wasn't something that i thought at the time that was like something that i needed to address because yeah it'll work itself out kind of thing but like you know at the end of it like if we can you know, systematize that sort of learning growth uh, for all of our coaches, then it's not, basically we want it to be so that no matter what class a uh, client goes to, like they're going to feel safe and included in all of them. It shouldn't be like that they feel uh, more included in one person's class than let's say mine or something. You know what I mean? Like it's, Mm. it's gotta be like the, the community itself. Like if they go to six or they go to 7 PM, like it, it shouldn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that, um, from the very first workshop, it, 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 it identified that we have work to do and, and everybody, um, you know, is accepting of that and go, okay, hey, well, yeah, we definitely need to work on this, you know, and it's only when you do that self-assessment, uh, that you, you know, understand that, oh, there's some holes here. I mean, there's, but if you don't even like think to look that way, because if you don't really have that sort of want to build an equitable community, then, then you're not going to know. Right. So like, right. Um, I don't know. It's just an interesting thing uh, back in the summertime where I don't know that, that particular George Floyd incident and among other ones started to make, spark my interest. I started to like learn about um, like the history in the United States, basically. Cause like you had some knowledge of, kind of a global history of the United States, but it was kind of like the G rated version. How about yeah. <laughs> once you start to dive into the actual things, it's like, damn, like, okay, you can see what, what where things have maybe come from. Right. Um, or where they came from. And then started diving into colonialism in, in Canada here, like how um, the government did its thing towards like indigenous population. And so, so you start to really understand um, why things are the way they are and, and I feel the more that we know about our history of things, the more that we can, uh, you know, empathize with groups, right? That might be marginalized, right? And then, uh, then, then you can like create a, a community that can like, you know, be truly welcoming to all, you know, and that's just coming in the door. And then obviously mm-hmm. then there's the part about, you got to teach them how to do, you know, the things that they want to learn. <laughs> yeah. You know I mean? So like, I feel like um, in our industry, we need to be able to do both. You can't be just the gym that teaches these things and not be understanding of these social things that affect people. 
because sometimes sometimes I almost feel people, like you know yeah so, sometimes I almost think that like people just want to go again this is like totally an assumption but like yeah especially from my time really like in the fitness thing it's like it's a lot of like going and getting certifications and like yeah. adding to like your resume and building up yeah. this body of knowledge but like in some ways maybe this more intimate piece is this like is the understanding of like the intimacy involved mm -hmm. in like in this space and in these types of communities mm -hmm. and like what does that mean you know what i mean like when you're mm -hmm. like close to people in that way and everything that they are and everything that you are mm -hmm. are happening all at once yeah like how do we how do we respect all of that yeah i mean and that's almost a... the bit that's almost the bigger piece than like well yeah. here's the exact way to squat yeah exactly <laughs> i mean that's that's you're hitting it you know at the end of the day we're like remember we we're talking about this organizing a play right mm -hmm. so to make everybody included in that play whether you're teaching a squat or it doesn't even matter really at the end of the day like sis because like that person might not be able to squat who cares like they you still have to give them that feeling that you were talking about by other means right um mm -hmm. but even just getting them in, people in the door and creating that sort of inclusive uh, equitable space that's that's something that's not taught in this industry like how could it be because there's so many x you know there's so many um technical things that we got to learn as coaches to be able to you know teach a snatch or teach a squat or kettlebells or whatever the things are all the different letters that you can get mm -hmm. um you know like it, you know i think that i mean that's that's what's currently missing i feel in this industry is is um helping coaches understand these things that like these personal parts that like could help develop a, or sorry, help to create a more equitable and inclusive like community. Right. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. So this is like new, this is super new for us, like as a company, like to create mm -hmm. these, these educational components to create this diversity and inclusion, you know, piece in our, in our company. Mm -hmm. Um, and so far it's, it's going well, it's very challenging. Let me tell you, like it's uh, cause it's deep, right? Like it's now we're getting into the stuff that kind of, you know, you don't want to really talk about like what you would typically think in the gym, but if you can, if you can have these conversations, if you can see these types of things as a coach happening in your, in your space and you can then, you know, manage that and, and, you know, help educate people in that way or point them in a direction or something. And that could, that can go a long way to help to create like a more equitable and uh, you know inclusive like community outside of your gym, because mm -hmm. every one person that you connect with is, you know, they're part of another community, right? So if you're able to sort of create this knowledge and these like sort of awareness and people in your space, you know, while everyone's squatting, um, and you know they're taking away components that are not just squat stuff. It's like, well, no, maybe social stuff or some some things that are you know, these other topics and then they take it out to their workplaces and stuff like that, that, that might sort of like branch off and, 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 and that's how you start that process, you know? Yeah. I, I feel, I feel like in your core values, you don't say it point blank, but it's like you capture the idea of like welcoming humility as well. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that sometimes people having these uncomfortable conversations or, or just kind of really looking in the mirror yeah like people aren't there yet and on like the humility scale yeah you know and and so much of almost like the work you were doing before we were just like just simply being like so welcoming to new ideas and curiosity and questions was like yeah you know fostering like a uh maybe a 
personal culture, but I get the impression like a broad culture of like, of, of humbleness. Yeah. And, get, and, that, and then when you get into something deeper, you're like, Oh, well, we're, we're prepared to be humble. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's where that, I think commitment to that continuing education and growth, it, it encompasses that humbleness. It's kind of like that idea of like, when you first join a martial arts, you're white belt, right? Yeah. So it's just kind of this white belt, white belt mentality with everything you do. So even as a coach, I come in and you know, obviously I'm, I'm going to teach this thing today, but the people in there, it's a different, it'll be a different experience than it was like two hours ago with the same sort of content because, um, you know, everyone's, it's different, you know, like I might be teaching the same stuff, but if I come in with this sort of like white belt mentality, okay, like what do we got in front of me now? And I'm, I'm actually speaking and teaching people rather than just this curriculum, then it, it's kind of like that. Um, another way I look at it is like one of my senses from way back, he said, um, you, you always want to like empty your cup. <laughs> You're right. You come in with it. That's what the usefulness of the cup is, is that you can fill it. Mm-hmm. Right. But if you, you know, come in with the, to the, um, to your day or to your next lesson or whatever with the cup full, well, now you can't fill it. So you got to empty it every time. And that's what that sort of continuing education and development type of thing encompasses where you're, you're constantly emptying this cup so that you can like put it in, put more in it. And then, then, you know, that, that's kind of like that. So like with these, so although these, 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 uh, you know, this diversity and inclusion education process that we're developing here is, is an uncomfortable situation. It's, it's something that like I, I embrace because like it, it, again, it follows that community uh, equitable, you know, commitment to building that as well as the commitment to continuing education and growth and development because, and so they hit the same. It's a, because like everything that we do, like if, if we're not uncomfortable, I feel that we're not growing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think that's important to kind of like have, um, you know, a bit of like a dose of that. It's not so uncomfortable that you can't even get up, but like, it's like, it's, it's enough that it, it causes you to adapt. When, when, when you say, so I had this conversation again with Trevor out in the park today and I've talked about it with my wife, Alexa, and I, I don't know, it's like one of these ideas that's like, I've been like mulling over quite a bit Yeah. and I hear you say growth, but when you say growth, I, I actually hear like evolution and change yeah. yeah. because sometimes I think people hear growth and maybe it's actually like a very American thing. You know what I mean? It's like, like we can't, we can't forget that like Canada and the U S have like two very different like things going on, Yeah. but in the U S people hear growth and they think it's like upward trajectory. Yeah. It's like, you know, they're like, yeah. Oh, I'm supposed to be growing. And I'm, yeah. And, and I hear you say it and I'm like, oh, but he's talking about evolution, yeah. which doesn't necessarily mean it's an upward trajectory. Yes. It's just a forward trajectory yes. with twists and turns that yeah. are kind of like welcomed as opposed right. to like, it's always up, 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 more, 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 Yeah, you know, give me the money. <laughs> <laughs> like that sort of like, you know, that classic graph that invest, you know, investing going up like that's got yeah. the hockey stick type of, uh. Yeah. Growth charts or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, oh, exactly. So it, it is, it is sort of like, you know, growth in is evolution and, and, and that, um, because you are growing, like you're moving forward for sure. Like, mm. you know what I mean? And, and so like, I find like the more books I read or the, the more sort of like, you know, challenging, um, 
you know, incidences in the gym, like with clients or something that might happen causes me to grow. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because like I've learned from that thing or like, I've okay, that now to address that, we're going to have to come up with this new sort of policies and strategies to kind of like help that. Right. So it's like, it's always an opportunity to kind of like, you know, grow and develop as a, as an organization um, and as a coach and, and teachers and stuff like that too. So, so yeah, whether it's like, going, it's going up or kind of forward, it's still, it's going in this direction, which is, right. <laughs> which is right. great. Cause you don't ever want to go back. Right. And um, one of my senses, again, he's, he's that guy who seems to have all these like, you know, empty the cup thing and all that. So, he's, you know, if you're not, if you're not growing, you're, you're staying still is what he said. Yeah. And that's what I mean when I hear like, like, the, the the change thing it's almost like yeah if you're staying still then you're not welcoming change you know and it's like yeah. and that's to me like i don't know the 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 beauty and the magic is mm-hmm. like in the welcoming of change yeah you know and like that's part of like the curiosity and the humility and it's like you know i don't know hearing some of the, the, the sayings you were saying that your sensei yeah. had it's like it's like that's the that's the piece to embrace yeah totally mm-hmm. so i mean that's that's the goal right is to continue to you know, push, push along these core, like move along forward, um, using these four core values as our sort of filters as to, um, you know, which programs and which things we're going to like, you know, partner with like companies to partner with, for example, or like programs we want to like, you know, introduce into the company. Um, but also sounds like, it sounds like it makes your decisions not easy, but it makes them very straightforward. Yeah. Like, you know, like you said, you were talking to people, other CrossFit owners like in the over the summer mm-hmm. and they were like oh like what should we do this yeah. and that and you you're like well this doesn't fit our core values yeah so like that, that's it's, it. yeah, yeah it's like this is this is easy we're done yeah yeah, yeah and it and it and it is that easy i mean it, like it is it's that's kind of what it is it's like okay like i i don't want to do this particular style of training because it doesn't fit like my core values mm-hmm. whatever that, that's simple like um and that's why it's really important to establish those, right? Like mm. at the beginning, right? Or, or any time really, but like at certain points, I feel as a teacher, um, as a coach, or um, especially somebody in, somewhere, somebody in this industry, if we're going to continue to do this, you know, teaching and coaching and whatever, like those core values, we want to establish them so that we can, you know, use them as the kind of that you know the reason why we're moving forward mm-hmm. like these are, these are the things that i kind of look on to to help me you know keep moving forward yeah you know? so i'm curious then like how being so kind of grounded in like these values which yeah. seem to like be like a nice uh i don't know like a north star yeah, like, yeah that's you, like your it. practice and business and everything. Yeah. How has that affected your like navigation of the pandemic mm. while being like a business owner? Yeah. Um, so in BC, we had, um, so there's all these health regions in the province, right? And then in the lower mainland, which is like Vancouver and Port Moody and, you know, the different cities around, mm-hmm. um, we have a, we have, um, like a, what is it called? The Fraser Health region. So it's like a region. So we are a part of that, right? So then in our province had said, okay, uh, you know, all gyms have to shut down kind of thing, whatever. So that was like in mid-April and 
we were like, okay, well, that's totally sucks. We weren't expecting this to happen. <laughs> what the hell? So um, it was like, okay, effective tomorrow at noon or whatever it was, right? So like by that point, um, we were kind of like, me and my wife, uh, we were both like, okay, well, how are we going to like support the community? Because now no one's allowed to, because at that time, everyone had to stay home too. Like it was just, you know what I mean? Like everyone was kind of like locked down essentially. So um, we had to shut down and a lot of our clients had to work from home. And so I was like, okay, hey, we want to support these guys. So we got to like, develop that community aspect so we we, we basically um, um divvied up all of the equipment in the gym and so then clients would come and pick up their i don't know package of like a kettlebell and uh whatever whatever the packages were we created all these different packages like one and then we had them rotate too so it'd be like um uh, oh actually no not for that one that was a different one but we we so they say had the package let's say two kettlebells and a ab mat and skipping rope or something so that somebody would come off and take that and then other people would maybe grab a barbell and some plates and by the time we were done we only had a few bits of equipment in here for us to go and work out right mm-hmm. but everyone else had all this stuff so that was like the first sort of decision uh, i hadn't even thought about like ever reopening again it was just like okay here's the equipment so long as you're paying membership and you're getting to keep the equipment we'll do programming we'll do zoom classes whatever but you get the equipment right mm-hmm. uh, sort of one part um and then we at the same time we were already starting to create like policies and stuff for when we would re- like eventually reopen mm-hmm. so we had to like so we sat down and Samantha created, like we were in talks with Fraser Health a lot about like, hey, what is it that you're gonna want to see gyms uh, provide uh, to to be able to safely reopen? And then, so we started to create documents for that. And so everything was kind of like working towards these ideas of uh, eventually reopening, uh, supporting the clients while they're, um, you know, all from home, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, at the highest quality level we could kind of thing, right? Um, and then, you know, when some people, you know, they didn't continue the membership because they were like, well, I don't know when it's going to happen. So they paused it. Right. So, um, we wanted to support our coaches. So like we, me and my wife, we didn't pay each other for that month. So we basically made it so that everyone else would be taken care of. And then when we reopened, like we were already set good to go. We had set up the gym so that it would be like, we redesigned it so that it would be, um, like pods and all these things. So like all this kind of in behind the scenes work that was going on with the eventual idea that it was going to reopen. Um, so those were kind of the things that was going on. It was like basically like trying to fight a fire each week. Cause you didn't know what was going to like the change, like what do you call it? The restrictions were changing and it was all this. And um, so we, you know, I guess using those core values to um, help align us moving forward um, it, it helped, you know what I mean? It was, it wasn't easy. Cause it was like, we had no idea what was going to happen kind of thing. But whenever we, whenever I talked to the Fraser health people, um, they, they gave me enough information for us to be able to be ready for when they actually open or rescinded the order so that we can open. Um, and then from there, then it was a constant sort of like assessment. Is this working? Like, and what are people's sort of like comfort levels and like making adjustments and tweaking things and, you know, keeping the communication really, really high with our clients. Like it was, whether it was through a newsletter or like just a phone call with all of them and like updating policies all the time. And it was just like, you know what I mean? Like it was just this ongoing thing. It kind of brought me back to the engineering days when we were trying to build this truck in this five month period, which had never been built before. And, and it was like at the time, um, 
you know, no documents were created. We were just like, it was, it's called cowboy engineering where you don't even follow a process. You just kind of <laughs> like, you just make it happen. It was like that. It was like mm-hmm. making it happen. And um, yeah, I don't know that, that that's kind of how it was. And so now we're at this point now where things have like restrictions have still, they're still there, but they're not as bad as they was. And so, um, but we're still monitoring. We're still like making tweaks to the, to the you know the policies and the procedures so um so where, yeah. where is it where is it at now like what are you guys able to do or how are you how are you able to operate yeah so we're restricted in terms of how many people we can have in the space at one time so do you remember the course said there was like 50 people in there right so the capacity is for a lot of people but we're up to um we our classes are t- typically now seven wow yeah and so in that space, right? And then um, we can and it's have- a, and, it's, and it's a big space. I mean, for anyone listening, it's, it's a decent sized space. Yeah. Um, but then we also have three pieces, or sorry, three platforms that are, uh, that we call pod platforms, right? So we have seven total platforms, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so if only individuals register for the class or for that group time, um, there's seven spots, right? But if there's like husband and wife, they can share a spot. So that's called a pod class. So, mm. uh, so we have like basically three pod stations and four kind of individual stations, right? Mm-hmm. So that that's what you can get it up to ten. So it's between seven and ten people. So ten, right? So so we reduced our capacity of our regular classes by po- like prior to COVID, um, like thirty percent kind of thing, right? So it's like so that kind of like sucks that way <laughs> like wait we're, we're kind of like reduction three so now it's like okay well how can we make up that revenue with other streams so maybe it's more personal training or more custom programming and like all these types of things like so there's different ways that you have to you know you know make make up that revenue kind of thing right so yeah well, it's interesting it forces everybody to become deeply creative yeah yeah. And if you're not creative, if you're so stuck in a specific system, um, then, then it becomes really challenging to navigate these weird situations like these pandemics. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, you know, in, in our case, like that's, we were, we were really lucky that we weren't, we weren't for like in BC, we weren't forced to close for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, and the restrictions are, you know, they're, you know, I've been paying attention. There's like some, some provinces like in Ontario, they're, they're, they're hurting pretty good. Like they've been in locked, like hard lockdown for like a long time. And there's other places in like Alberta too. And I know like in back in, what was that? I think it was like April, like New York was like hard, hard hit. And it was yeah. like crazy. It was like, Oh, it was, we're blessed in that sense that, you know, we uh, didn't have as hard as others. And, um, but yeah, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough uh, industry right now for sure. But also it's like, it sounds like, you know, the Canadian government has done a lot to like really support the people and, and I don't know about businesses, but I, you know, I, I, I know that the people have gotten a lot of help just from some family members that we've gotten to talk to who are up there. Yeah. There's definitely some, some kind of things that have helped out with, and there's some that it sounded good on paper and then it didn't quite actually pan out for, for, you know, when you get to the actual fine details of the things, there's a, there's a whole bunch of, um, like things that I think could, could have been handled a completely different way. And it would have been, I think, um, not so damaging on people's like small businesses for sure. Like there's, 
I mean, that's a whole other <laughs> yeah. thing we could talk about forever. Like, yeah. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, it is, it is a challenging situation for, for, for everybody and, um, adapting and growing through this is, is, is just part of it. You know, I, I think that's, I think that's, uh, you know, if we, if we're, we're just all doing our best to just embrace what we have, uh, in front of us and then move forward. Yeah. Is there any like innovation that has come out of this that you feel like you'll hold on to like moving forward? Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a good question. Yeah, for sure. Like, cause like we used to be group class, like it was all like group and, mm-hmm. um, kind of following that sort of like, you know, the, the, the group class model where there's a coach here and then they're like, Oh, Hey, this is a workout. And then everyone does a group warm up, and everyone, it's kind of a group class, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, but now what we have is these sort of individualized, uh, training platforms um, where people can follow like a functional fitness program and it's on their app. It's like train heroic. We use this app train heroic. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so people can follow along and they just do that. And then, but in that same hour, somebody can follow a um, their own custom program. So like say somebody who's got uh, like more specific goals, like they want to improve, let's say, I don't know, their shoulder. And then they also want to like get uh, some, specific coaching on, uh, you know, weightlifting and then maybe some handstands at the same time. Like it's a different program altogether, but, um, and that's a different, um, product offering we have. So everyone can be training within that same hour. So it's not like it's a class now. It's like a a group training hour where there might be two people doing functional fitness and four people doing their own custom program and a couple other people doing the powerlifting program that they missed on Tuesday night. So now the coach has, now the coach that's on staff um, scheduled to coach that hour, they are facilitating and coaching a whole bunch of different type of movements all at the same time. Mm-hmm. So that provides a, a unique opportunity and situation where they have to know a lot of different things like, oh, what do you have on your program today? Oh, okay, cool. So then they go set them up and they're set up. And then that client now is um, they're off and running, they're doing their thing. And then another person who's might be newer. Now that coach might be working with that person for a little bit. And while the other people are sort of more independent, then you come around. And so it's like this different sort of vibe. Yeah. Uh, and for the first, like, I don't know, I guess month people were kind of like, not sure about it. Cause they're so used to this group class, but then they started to like, yeah, I'm really digging this like custom program stuff. Cause I can now, I know I'm training specifically for my, my own purpose and my own goals. And I'm working with a coach that's um, helping me, you know, helping by creating that program. So that's very specific to me. And I can do it in a group kind of setting where somebody else is doing maybe their own stuff uh, or somebody who's following like the group functional fitness thing, or, or maybe they're just doing their own mobility stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's a totally different like vibe all of a sudden in that gym and, and people have really you know, embraced it. So that's something that if pandemic you know, changes up and restrictions are such that, Hey, group classes are allowed. We'll stick. We'll likely stick with the sort of idea of um, these individualized training pods where people are training their own, like what they're training, like their own goals um, in a kind of a group setting. <laughs> that's a really well, that's a really cool idea. That's Isn't really it? Like it's kind of worked out really, really well. And um, so, yeah, I think we'll, that, I think that's an innovation that hasn't, um, from what I, from what I know that's out there right now, nobody's really doing that kind of thing mm-hmm. um, and, and promoting it as, you know, something that, uh, so that's kind of the evolution, right? Cause like what I found in the CrossFit model was 
people would join cross the CrossFit kind of model and, you know, go through movement fundamentals and, you know, take it for about six months or something like that. And then experience some goals and, or experience some gains and be like, Hey, that's pretty cool. And then they might stick with it for another few months. And then after a while they start to kind of go, yeah, I, I'm digging this gymnastics part of CrossFit. I, I like that. Like, I want to see if I can be better at that stuff. And, um, but traditionally that sort of model wouldn't allow that person to do that because it's kind of group, right? It's like, this is the, this is the functional fitness thing. You gotta like, this is the group. Everyone follows that. Um, whereas now we can kind of like offer that person that opportunity to train that part that they like to do, um, like on their own while still in the group class. Mm -hmm. Right. So mm -hmm. I, I just feel that that's always that evolution, like in, with that, you know, our previous model of CrossFit, because like people would, or they'd start to gravitate towards like just only weightlifting. So then now they would kind of move to the weightlifting club and just work on just weightlifting and just get all super strong there and then whip back to CrossFit and just find like, oh, wow, this whatever wad that I had trouble with before, like I'm so much better at it because my, my weightlifting technique improved so much, right? So, mm -hmm. um, you know, providing those different doors for people to kind of walk through, um, like all the time is, is, is new and it's, we're going to keep that. Yeah. I think that's a really clever idea and mm. it's still like keeping everybody together. You know, there's yeah. like a commiserating that goes on and, and people get to, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think it's a really brilliant idea. I'm curious what it starts to look like when you can have more people in there Yeah, and you have, and I, it almost feels like it could be really, um, a lot of energy, right? You yeah. Have like 20 different people all kind of like doing yeah. their own thing, but they're all happening together. Yeah, exactly. So like with our space right now, with those seven platforms, like we, we divvied it up. Like what I envision happening is that like restrictions will allow more people to come. But I think because of the space, the way that it is and the restrictions are such that, you know, you need to physically distance and da da da. that no matter what happens, we're only going to be able to have those seven platforms now the evolution of that is that like people might be able to share a platform now because their people are, are able to share a platform uh that are in the same household but like you might be able to share a platform um like somebody who's not in your same household so long as you maintain physical distance within that platform mm -hmm. and um like a really good example of that is like weightlifting club they they could totally do that so there's the platform in the middle the one person's lifting and the other person that's sharing that same platform is off like, you know, eight feet away from them. And when it's their turn, they just, you know, mask up and they switch, you know? So it's like, so you can still do that. Um, and so like, I think our class numbers would go from, you know, whatever, seven to 14, right? So that mm -hmm. kind of, or, or 10, I guess, because right? if you had those pods too, so if everyone was there, the maximum could be 14. So that that's now we're getting back to our almost more regular class sizes. Mm -hmm. um, so that that's kind of where it's going to like evolve to, I think what's going to happen. Hey, I feel like, um, I don't know, a lot of people could end up adopting something like that. I think that's a really clever, mm -hmm. clever idea. I'm curious cool. as somebody who like, I don't know. I feel like you're somebody who seems to have their finger on the pulse of like a lot of like mm. different things in like the movement world and the fitness mm -hmm. world. And I've, you know, watched from afar, you work on a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm like curious. In my own practice, you mean? Yeah. Like in my... your own, in your own practice. Oh, yeah. So I'm curious what that looks like now, like mm -hmm. where, like where, where are your focuses? Like what are the things that you're playing with? And maybe also like 
who are the people that you're like looking at and being like, oh, that's that's interesting. I'm, I'm I want to go in that direction, or I want to see mm-hmm. what that's all about. Yeah, cool. Um, so I um, I back when I was like I don't know 18 years old, I was playing basketball at college, and I and I tore my ACL out my my right ACL because I was my thing was basketball, right? So mm-hmm. I hadn't even really hit the weights at all when I was 18. So I was just you know, this really, I was 155 pounds, six foot tall, like playing basketball, getting tossed around. Like <laughs> anyway, I ended up tossed, like tearing my ACL. And, um, and then, uh, a number of years later, I did my left one in. So I was like wrecked. I broke myself a whole bunch of times. Um, so I, I want, I wanted to, and then, then I started like weightlifting here and like doing like competitions and stuff of like this. And, but the whole time my knees were just shred, sh- like they're always like, hurting like that you know even after acl reconstruction so uh at the end of 2019 or sorry i guess i guess around the beginning of 2019 i uh, did a master's competition a weightlifting competition and um leading up to that competition my knees were just it just wasn't enjoyable you know like because every time i'd be like okay i'm dreading coming into training because i know it's gonna hurt and you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. so I, i really wanted to um at the end of that competition which went really well i i uh made the decision i was like okay like i'm i won't i'm not going to compete again i'm going to go down the road of trying to fix these friggin' knees because i've had reconstruction uh over the years i already spoke with different therapists and kind of put together all the ideas that i've learned to in the past and try to put together like a plan and stuff and um i needed to make a decision to not compete and train for a competition so that i would it would force me to work on these things, like mm-hmm. force me to work on the weaknesses. Right. Mm-hmm. That's the only way for me to grow was to finally work on these weaknesses. And so, um, the last, well, couple of years is, is just learning about how to kind of fix these knees. Like, first of all, first of all, identify what the actual issues were. Right. Mm-hmm. And then work on, uh, creating a program and following a program that's going to like help to do, you know fix these and so now fast forward a little to around now it's 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 way better than it's ever been so like uh that's been my, my main thing is like to try to like fix the the knee that sounds boring right like fixing the knee pain and uh, hopefully hope make it so that i can bend without any pain mm-hmm. <laughs> um and then at the same time uh so after that part was good like i there was a specific process that I followed in order to, um, to, to make that happen, make the change happen. It was measurable. I could actually see it happening. Um, and then I started to redo my squat pattern and redo my front squat pattern, like back squat and front squat. Cause I knew that I had developed, um, uh, a strategy to get around it. Mm-hmm. Cause like our bodies don't care that we don't have a knee that doesn't bend properly. It'll just know that we have a task to do and we'll just do that task. Mm-hmm. And then that creates other bits and issues and stuff of that. So that I, I, now that my knee is able to bend, it was like this um, coming up with strategies on how to like create a squat pattern that's actually straight and like that's going to. So it's like literally going back to white belt level and like learning how to squat again. And uh, but putting all those things that I've learned over the years into these seemingly basic movements, right? Like a squat, okay? <laughs> like a like a back, like a loaded back squat um, and a loaded front squat. Um, and so that's been my, I guess, tinkering and playing over the last like two years. Like, uh, you know, I still play around with handstands and it's more like more fun and it's kind of in the back burner kind of thing, but it's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a little bit of, um, 
Yeah. Well, I guess the other thing that I'm working on is like starting to get back to the kind of like one arm chin up. We're like trying to get that thing. Cause that'd be something that'd be super cool to do. And I, and prior to Christmas, I got to, um, you know, like with a, it was like a climbing rope through a, a ring. And then the other one, the other ring is here. And so, mm-hmm. and then you have a little counterweight. Mm-hmm. So I got to uh, three kilos as a counterweight on the, the right arm and four kilos on the left arm. Wow. So I was pretty damn close. Like I was like almost there. I was doing slow lowers and I was all reps and stuff. I was feeling pretty good. Um, and then, then I indulged during <laughs> Christmas time, which was awesome. Like I just enjoyed the crap out of it. It was like really good. And mm-hmm. I put on like six kilos or something. <laughs> right. right. And then you had to add, you had to add six kilos onto the yeah. pulley. Oh yeah. It was like, <laughs> so it was an interesting sort of like, and then I got shingles in February. That sucked. Oy. Right. So like, so now I'm kind of like back to ramping back up the, that, the one I'm trying to again. So you know, I guess, you know, to answer your question, the two main things are like getting the knees so Mm -hmm. that they're like basically pain free. And like, now I can start to do stuff again. Um, And then that kind of like going, going back to that one arm chin up and seeing if I can complete it um, maybe by the end of the year or something like that, because I was pretty damn close. Right. I'll tell you what, I bet like your students really kind of admire watching you like go through the process of like working on your knees you know yeah because it's like yeah i'm serious i think that like people see that they're like oh like look like Mm -hmm. this is the guy who like you know built this place and he's willing to get out there and like not just do the crazy shit yeah like he's like you know willing to be like you said like a white belt yeah but it's also like when i hear you talk about it you're like the goal the goal then is to be like oh how do i continue to play Mm mm-hmm I need to address the knees so that the the play can continue on. Yeah. If not, I'm like potentially stopping certain kinds of play. Yeah, totally. And that that's the thing. And then and then you also have to like, because like being sidelined and sitting there and watching everyone else like grow, get all strong and doing all the things that like I want to do myself. Like I'm I wa- I'm just wanting to just jump in there sometimes and just like okay, I'm gonna snatch and ah, knowing though that'll kill me because that that's what. I would do in the past is just jump in and just like, okay, it'll be okay. But no, but then like making the decision to say, okay, no, like I'm going to do this stuff and I'm going to, I got to make it a game. I got to make it fun somehow because like it could look like, you know, if you're just standing there doing, or you're just like sitting there doing an isometric hold on the wall of, there's not much fun in that. Like, it's not like a, you know what I mean? It's just like an isometric hold. Like there's not much, yeah. more boring than that but you you know you try to make it um you know become you make a game out of it and be like see so how how what's my breathing when i'm doing that like as i get to fatigue like where's my weight shift like what is my where is my knee going and i actually try to like put my mind in like what's happening in the knee like where like i can like feel the forces going into the tendon that i'm actually trying to repair and like it, it becomes a little bit more mindful that way mm-hmm. um and that's an that's another way to kind of make it play right is like you know it's like at the end of the day i'm still training it just might not look like a snatch like a cool thing but i'm still training i'm still training it in i'm still training my tendons and my and my uh, soft tissues like with strength training it just like might not look as you know instagram worthy than than some of the other stuff right yeah but that's but if you switch your mind into thinking that, hey that's that's a weakness I need to work on. Uh, then I, we can, we can have fun with that. Then it becomes a little bit more, um, you know, palatable kind of thing. Right. Cause like, yeah. I remember the first time I, I saw Johnny and those guys, they were doing like some of the wrist prep stuff and my wrists were 
garbage like before. Um, and I was in it, but it looks kind of boring, right? You say you get your first knuckle wrist push up and you're like, oh, okay. And like you start from your knees and you're like this, it's kind of like, eh. but if you think of it like this that way, and then it, of course it's going to look kind of be boring, but if you can think of it as like, man, this is a, this is strength training. We're doing the strength training and all, all you're doing at the end of it is this, mm. but if you're, once you connect to that being a strength training thing, that's a weakness you're working on. Then it becomes a little bit more enjoyable to kind of achieve that thing, right. Or go towards training that thing. Right. That it'll like facilitate a lot of other things you want to be able to do or continue to do. Yeah, exactly. Have yeah. you, um, have you looked into the fighting monkey athletic leg at all? No, I've, I know the fighting monkeys, um, it's been on my radar to kind of like, just, um, you know, just dive into it and see what they were about and stuff. Yeah. I know, uh, I know you've mentioned this once before, I think in, in one of your posts or something like that, or, yeah. um, I just think that I think Rod did too, or yeah, I think the stuff that did. they're doing is like really brilliant and I've gotten some exposure to some of the cool. stuff and I don't know, just hearing you talk about your knees and stuff. It was just like the first thing that came to my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, <laughs> as you kind of like move on your road, maybe it's something worth kind of like, uh, you know, throwing, yeah, throwing, out. Throwing, throwing some time at. Yeah, for sure. It's been an interesting, um, journey because like, uh, a lot of the things that we learn as coaches and teachers over the years, like there's these principles, like these science principles, like you hear of them and then not all the time you get it, you, um, you apply it like in a way that's like scientific, I guess, so to speak. So it's, you know, most of the time it's like, Oh, I heard you're going to try this exercise and you just try it. But then like, you don't, necessarily understand like you know why are you trying this thing or like why why could it work or why maybe it didn't work and like um like keeping it like like principles based um has allowed me to kind of you know work use that isometric or use eccentrics and and trying to find like you know address the issue in that specific angle of the joint that that needed to to be worked on it was like kind of was like it ended up being less is more, you know, like the, the, I didn't need so many things. It was just like two things that I had to kind of like work on like mm -hmm. consistently. And then like, and it was measurable. I can actually see the progress um, when I progressively overloaded this, you know, movement. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where I've seen the most improvement. And so I don't know. I, it's so far so good. And we'll see, we'll see how it kind of goes, but I'm actually excited because it's, it's things are feeling a lot better than they've ever felt. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, hopefully that continues. <laughs> well, well, listen, there's a very good chance. I mean, and I shouldn't say a very good chance. There is a chance that my wife and I decide to move to Canada. No way. Yeah. I Amazing. I mean, I've said this on here before, but we both, Alexa and I both hold Canadian passports. We're both Canadian citizens. Oh, no way. And so there's been some serious talk at this point about like moving north and everybody is like, oh, you know, <laughs> Vancouver. Like when I was talking to Rod, he was like, you know, Vancouver is like one of the most beautiful places yeah. in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, and I know that like Alexa's family, a lot of them are in Toronto, but she has an aunt who's in Vancouver and there's this like, yeah. you know. They're feud, a friendly <laughs> feud between the two. But the one who's in Vancouver is like, well, you know, like, yeah, Vancouver is Vancouver. Yeah. So well, who knows? Just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so who knows? We may we we may end up being neighbors at some point, but like you Amazing. know, in the time being, you know, you get your knees in order, and when I get there, I haven't weightlifted in a long time, so we'll, like, we'll, we'll do some snatches. But then you'll also be ready to like do some duck walks and stuff. Oh, for sure, yeah, for sure. That I'll, I'll be all over that for sure. <laughs> That'd be super cool.
yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a serious chance at this point where we're, we're, we're like free agents and, yeah. you know, at this point, Canada looks like a very appealing place to be. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, well, I'll bet you, we're, when you came here mm-hmm. that time, we, it was only just for that weekend, right? You didn't get a chance to play and like look around or whatever, right? Yeah, that was it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, something else. It's definitely a, yeah, it's definitely a, a pretty place to, to be in for sure. It's like, um, you know, especially because like outdoors, it kind of like when I was at when I was in Boulder there for that time, like I stayed an extra day and um, uh, me and um, another buddy, we just kind of did some hikes around and it was kind of like nice, really beautiful things. So if you're like into the outdoors stuff like Vancouver, oh, yeah, like there's so many things. There's a snowboarding here, like all the mountains are like right there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I know I'm, I'm pretty biased. I've been to Toronto, too. I'm biased towards Vancouver for sure. Yeah, I mean it's funny because like the New York part of me yeah. wants to be in like Toronto. Yeah. Um, but then the part of me that's like been here now and like yeah. grew up in Tahoe is kind of like, eh, Vancouver sounds pretty amazing. <laughs> and anytime I talk to a friend on the phone, and you know, it, I feel like you've probably had these conversations too, where you, you yeah. especially during the pandemic, where like you're just catching up with like old friends and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And almost every person I talk to when I bring up like having a, a Canadian passport, they're like, Why are you here? <laughs> Like, yeah. yo, go, go, get there, up, yeah. get up there. Yeah, so, for sure. So who knows? Maybe, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll just surprise you. I'll just come walking into engineer <laughs> bodies one day and I'll be like, yo, here it is. Yeah. It'd be also you like book a consult under a different name. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, then there you are. I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> now I know exactly what to do. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right on. What would be kind of that timeline? Were you thinking like, Man, I mean, it's all like up in the air at the moment. We're kind of like, you know, juggling a lot of things and just like, you know, it's all challenging and weird and exciting at the same time. Yeah. You know, like I said, part of me like wants to like a little bit of like the New York thing again. Yeah. Um, But New York is just not the place to be at the moment. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I got to teach an online class for the Spirit Loft, which is up in Toronto. Okay. And I I really like those guys. And then, you know, Alexa has family in Vancouver and like, mm-hmm. I know Vancouver is beautiful. And, and part of me is like, Oh, like that could be a really interesting place to be. Yeah. I think it's maybe just getting to like a little further into like the world opening up place. Yeah, totally. You know, I think like if we went there now, there's like all sorts of, yeah, you know, quarantining and That's this right. and that. Um, but yeah, I think maybe as like spring unfolds, we would maybe make, some more serious decisions. Alexis folks, who knows, they may decide they want to go back to Canada as well. So, oh, okay. Yeah. There's a, there, there's some, there's some real chance. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, wow. it's, it, I'm like, I, I want to put this passport to use. Like, why not? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I, 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 it, it, yeah, I don't have a, a, a real timeline, but yeah. I think it's like by the summer, I'd be like, Oh, like there, we would be making some sort of moves. I think that's right. Yeah. Especially course, if like the, you know, things kind of restrictions wise kind of chilled out a little bit, right. As like, mm-hmm. you know, kind of vaccine plans start rolling out or whatever. Right. Um, so, yeah. So fingers crossed to all that stuff. Cause it'd be sick to be able to like visit with people again and like not have to you know quarantine for 14 days and all this stuff. And um, cause that'd be cool. That's something I really miss is these, like um, you know, those workshops and things that we used to host a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not the same, obviously, online. There's that energy isn't there, obviously, but like, uh, you know, we're we're all we're all doing our best, right? But once that thing opens up, I think it'll be 
it'll be a friggin' party. <laughs> yeah, everybody, yeah, everybody's like hungry for it. Yeah, it's just like human connection again, right? Yeah. Um, real awesome. quick, if anybody mm-hmm. wants to like connect with you, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if you guys are doing any sort of like online classes, if that's something people can jump in on, or if they just want to like know what you're up to and stay mm-hmm. connected. Like, what are the what are the ways for it to happen? When what are the things? Yeah. Um, like our, our main ones are like, uh, our Instagram is like at engineered bodies. Right. And then, uh, so we post periodically on stuff like that. So we, we share a lot of the, the expertise and insight from our coaches here. Um, and then, and mine is just like Anthony at, or sorry, what is it? Yeah. At Anthony dot So like my name. And then, um, so I'll typically post some stuff on like kind of, um, you know, occasionally here's an exercise you can try for this thing type of stuff but i like to to see if i can um spark conversation and, and thoughts on different concepts and like maybe programming ideas those, those are the types of things i'm, I'm kind of digging these days is like more in the thought process on things rather than here's this thing that you could use like mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. so those are the types of stuff that that we do and then we also are, we're also on facebook too but it's it's less you know that one's a little bit less but it's um i think you you one would just search engineered bodies on Facebook and probably find us there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't started diving into that whole TikTok realm. I'm, I'm freaked out about that. So I yeah, think yeah, I'm going to, you don't I'm need to wait till we get a, a younger coach that will <laughs> dive into that stuff. <laughs> so, someone sent me an invite for clubhouse and I'm like on that, there now. It's like, it's, oh. it's where you like, it's all, conferences or discussions oh yeah yes my wife was told me about that she's like do you want to go on clubhouse and i was like what is that and she she started talking about i was like "Ooh, i don't know (laughs) i said to somebody today like i have no idea how it works i'm on there so i'm like i'm like i'm in the house but i haven't i haven't found the clubs yet oh interesting okay but if you want if you want an invite i'll send you one okay okay well i'll wait i'll wait till you yeah. Kind of like <laughs> see these clubs first, and then and then uh, and then I'll then I'll maybe take you up on that. We'll see. Yeah. Also, I want to mm. point out that like, and I said it at the beginning, mm-hmm. Rod really attributes so much of like his early education to like mm. the time he spent with you. Oh, that's awesome. And I hear you. And and I hear you talk about like, you know, the values and and mm-hmm. working with the teachers and all the different things. Mm-hmm. Is that something? that is formal like you have like a, a teacher training or coaches program that people could potentially get involved in 100%. or yeah because i feel like there's i think there's like a hunger for it and now i'm almost thinking i'm like if you don't have like an at least an online coaching program it should be something that should start to be developed yeah uh for sure yeah so like that's when rod and i first met at that movement x when we hosted it here um that that was something that i was starting to develop i had a few um uh, mentors or sorry, mentorship students. Mm-hmm. And it was not really super official, but it was like something that I was like really passionate about helping young coaches, um, kinesiologists, trainers, what have you like develop, uh, you know, their, their sort of their game plan. I was just so like where they want to go to, right? Like where do they want to take themselves in this industry and like, who do they want to help and all these types of things. And just, uh, it, uh, it became something that um, grew into more of a formal offering now. So like I, I do offer like mentorships for, for young coaches and, or, or coaches and trainers um, that are wanting to kind of like, you know, expand their knowledge and like get, you know, maybe go to that next level, what, whatever that might be. And they might not know how and, and sort of, so it's very catered to that individual. 
but uh, we do def I definitely talk about these things like, you know, creating your core values and like, what, what is it, you know, why, why is it that's important? And like, where are you going to go with that? And all the, so there's a, there's a whole, you know, series of teachings that, that have been developed through this mentorship program that that's, that I can, that I offer. Yeah. Whether it's here or online for oh. sure. Well, listen, I think, um, I don't know. I think there are people who will listen to this and they'll, <laughs> they'll reach out because I, like I said, from getting to speak with you and from mm -hmm. getting to like cross paths with you and hearing Rod speak about like the time you guys work together. Like, I don't know, there's, there's, um, there needs to be more of that and not just like the weekend, like mm -hmm. here's your certification, hit the ground running, you're <laughs> done, you're off. Yeah. Like, I think that, you know, people who are looking to like really invest in their like time and energy and to education and development. Like, I don't know, you're, you to me seem like one of those resources that is like worth investing in. So, Oh, thank you so much. That's, that. that's that my, that's, that's my stamp of <laughs> approval. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much, sir. Right on. Yeah. And then I'll move out there and I'll, and I'll see what you're doing. And I'm like, this is crazy. What is this guy doing? <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Um, all right, man. I can't thank you enough for doing this. I feel like um, it's been like a long time since we chatted. So, I, yeah. you know, I, hopefully this is like we're recording the podcast, but I hope yeah. we keep the conversation going now that oh, we sure. like initiated it. Yeah, for sure. Like definitely reach out and like, you know, we could talk shop. We can like talk philosophy, whatever you want. Anytime, man, for sure.